This is Chapter Two of A Double Barrel Detective Story. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Double Barrel Detective Story by Mark Twain. Chapter Two. In eighteen eighty six, a young woman was living in a modest house near a secluded New England village with no company but a little boy about five years old. She did her own work, she discouraged acquaintanceships, and had none. The butcher, the baker, and the others that served her could tell the villagers nothing about her further than that her name was Stillman, and that she called the child Archie. Whence she came, they had not been able to find out, but they said she talked like a southerner. The child had no playmates and no comrade, and no teacher but the mother. She taught him diligently and intelligently, and was satisfied with the results, even a little proud of them. One day Archie said, Mama, am I different from other children? Well, I suppose not. Why? There was a child going along out there, and asked me if the postman had been by, and I said yes. And she said, How long since I saw him? And I said, I hadn't seen him at all. And she said, How did I know he'd been by then? And I said, Because I smelt his track on the sidewalk. And she said, I was a dumb fool and made a mouth at me. What did she do that for? The young woman turned white and said to herself, It's a birthmark. The gift of the bloodhound is in him. She snatched the boy to her breast and hugged him passionately, saying, God has appointed the way. Her eyes were burning with a fierce light, and her breath came short and quick with excitement. She said to herself, The puzzle is solved now. Many a time it has been a mystery to me, the impossible things the child has done in the dark. But it is all clear to me now. She sat him in his small chair and said, Wait a little till I come, dear. Then we will talk about the matter. She went up to her room and took from her dressing table several small articles and put them out of sight a nail file on the floor under the bed, a pair of nail scissors under the bureau, a small ivory paper knife under the wardrobe. Then she returned and said, There. I have left some things which I ought to have brought down. She named them and said, Run up and bring them, dear. The child hurried away on his errand and was soon back again with the things. Did you have any difficulty, dear? No, mamma. I only went where you went. During his absence, she had stepped to the bookcase, taken several books from the bottom shelf, opened each, passed her hand over a page, noting its number in her memory then restored them to their places. Now she said, I have been doing something while you have been gone, Archie. Do you think you can find out what it was? The boy went to the bookcase and got out the books that had been touched, and opened them at the pages which had been stroked. The mother took him in her lap and said, I will answer your question now, dear. I have found out that in one way you are quite different from other people. You can see in the dark. You can smell what other people cannot. You have the talents of a bloodhound. They are good and valuable things to have, but you must keep the matter a secret. If people found it out, they would speak of you as an odd child, a strange child, and children would be disagreeable to you and give you nicknames. In this world one must be like everybody else if he doesn't want to provoke scorn or envy or jealousy. It is a great and fine distinction which has been born to you, and I am glad. But you will keep it a secret for Mamma's sake, won't you?" The child promised, without understanding. 
all the rest of the day the mother's brain was busy with excited thinkings with plans projects schemes each and all of them uncanny grim and dark yet they lit up her face lit it with a fell light of their own lit it with vague fires of hell she was in a fever of unrest she could not sit stand read sew there was no relief for her but in movement she tested her boy's gift in twenty ways and kept saying to herself all the time with her mind in the past he broke my father's heart and night and day all these years i have tried and all in vain to think out a way to break his i have found it now i have found it now when night fell the demon of unrest still possessed her she went on with her tests with a candle she traversed the house from garret to cellar hiding pins needles thimbles spools under pillows under carpets in cracks in the walls under the coal in the bin then sent the little fellow in the dark to find them which he did and was happy and proud when she praised him and smothered him with caresses from this time forward life took on a new complexion for her she said the future is secure i can wait and enjoy the waiting the most of her lost interests revived she took up music again and languages drawing painting and the other long discarded delights of her maidenhood she was happy once more and felt again the zest of life as the years drifted by she watched the development of her boy and was contented with it not altogether but nearly that the soft side of his heart was larger than the other side of it it was his only defect in her eyes but she considered that his love for her and worship of her made up for it he was a good hater that was well but it was a question if the materials of his hatreds were of as tough and enduring a quality as those of his friendships and that was not so well the years drifted on archie was become a handsome shapely athletic youth courteous dignified companionable pleasant in his ways and looking perhaps a trifle older than he was which was sixteen one evening his mother said she had something of grave importance to say to him adding that he was old enough to hear it now and old enough and possessed of character enough and stability enough to carry out a stern plan which she had been for years contriving and maturing then she told him her bitter story in all its naked atrociousness for a while the boy was paralyzed then he said i understand we are southerners and by our custom and nature there is but one atonement i will search him out and kill him kill him no death is release emancipation death is a favor do i owe him favors you must not hurt a hair of his head the boy was lost in thought a while then he said you are all the world to me and your desire is my law and my pleasure tell me what to do and i will do it the mother's eyes beamed with satisfaction and she said you will go and find him i have known his hiding-place for eleven years it cost me five years and more of inquiry and much money to locate it he is a quartz miner in colorado and well-to-do he lives in denver his name is jacob fuller there it is the first time i have spoken it since that unforgettable night think that name could have been yours if i had not saved you that shame and furnished you a cleaner one 
you will drive him from that place you will hunt him down and drive him again and yet again and again and again persistently relentlessly poisoning his life filling it with mysterious terrors loading it with weariness and misery making him wish for death and that he had a suicide's courage you will make of him another wandering jew he shall know no rest any more no peace of mind no placid sleep you shall shadow him cling to him persecute him till you break his heart as he broke my father's and mine i will obey mother i believe it my child the preparations are all made everything is ready here is a letter of credit spend freely there is no lack of money at times you may need disguises i have provided them also some other conveniences she took from the drawer of the typewriter table several squares of paper they all bore these typewritten words ten thousand dollar reward it is believed that a certain man who is wanted in an eastern state is sojourning here in eighteen eighty in the night he tied his young wife to a tree by the public road cut her across the face with the cowhide and made his dogs tear her clothes from her leaving her naked he left her there and fled the country a blood relative of hers has searched for him for seventeen years address blank post office the above reward will be paid in cash to the person who will furnish the seeker in a personal interview the criminal's address when you have found him and acquainted yourself with his scent you will go in the night and placard one of these upon the building he occupies and another one upon the post office or in some other prominent place it will be the talk of the region at first you must give him several days in which to force a sale of his belongings at something approaching their value we will ruin him by and by but gradually we must not impoverish him at once for that would bring him to despair and injure his health possibly kill him she took three or four more typewritten forms from the drawer duplicates and read one blank blank eighteen blank to jacob fuller you have blank days in which to settle your affairs you will not be disturbed during that limit which will expire at blank m on the blank of blank you must then move on if you are still in the place after the named hour i will placard you on all the dead walls detailing your crime once more and adding the date also the scene of it with all names concerned including your own have no fear of bodily injury it will in no circumstances ever be inflicted upon you you brought misery upon an old man and ruined his life and broke his heart what he suffered you are to suffer you will add no signature he must receive this before he learns of the reward placard before he rises in the morning lest he lose his head and fly the place penniless i shall not forget you will need to use these forms only in the beginning once may be enough afterward when you are ready for him to vanish out of a place see that he gets a copy of this form which merely says move on you have blank days he will obey that is sure end of chapter two